0: Acts chapter number 20, verse 17. The Bible says, And from Miletus he sent to Ephesus, and called the elders of the church. And when they were come to him, he said unto them, You know from the first day that I came into Asia, after what manner I have been with you at all seasons, serving the Lord with all humility of mind and with Many tears and temptations which befell me by the lay, lying in wait of the Jews. and How I kept back nothing that was profitable unto you, but have showed you and have taught you publicly and from house to house, testifying both to the Jews and also to the Greeks, repentance toward God and faith toward our Lord Jesus Christ." And now, behold, I go bound in the Spirit unto Jerusalem, not knowing the things that should, shall befall me there, save that the Holy Ghost witnesseth in every city, saying that bonds and afflictions abide me. But none of these things move me, neither count I my life dear unto myself, so that I might finish my course with joy and the ministry. Which I have received of the Lord Jesus to testify the gospel of the grace of God. Would you help us pray, Father? Lord, we love you. Thank you, Lord, for letting us be here on a Wednesday night. Thank you for this crowd that's here. Thank you for these people that are here, these families that are here. And I pray, God, that you'd help us to see from the Word of God how to continue to be faithful to you. Maybe to some, maybe need to start being faithful you thank you for being as faithful as you've been to us and thankful for how faithful you've been to us to bless us in all the ways that you have and I just pray God today that you'd help me preach with the power and the Holy Spirit I pray God you'd help me say everything I need to say nothing I don't need to say guard me from that oh God I pray God you'd help us now charge us challenge us, and change us for your honor and glory in Jesus name Amen and Amen Paul is uh, he's coming to the end of his final missionary journey. And he, he at verse 17 tells us he calls the elders of the church of Ephesus to meet him on his way back to Jerusalem. He, he's, he's meeting with them. He's got some things he wants to tell them and some things he wants to challenge them. And one of the most uh, important things that he wants to challenge them about is their faith. He wants them to be faithful to the Lord. And not only those elders, not only the pastors of the church there at Evans, but the people that Christians ought to be faithful. If we're going to continue under the blessings of God, there is a requirement on our part to remain faithful to Him. Now, Faithfulness goes along with consistency. When I think about faithfulness and staying consistent, I think about how opposite our society is of being faithful. Our society is always changing. It's always moving. It's always always just uh, going a different way. Who would have ever thought that we would be where we are today? Where a man does not know what he is, whether he's a man or a woman. A woman doesn't know if she's a woman or a man. And boys and girls are being taught that. Who would have thought that right here in the Bible Belt of America, that that would be allowed to be taught in our schools? Not only allowed to be taught in our schools, I'm talking about here in Georgia, but, but even forced teachers to teach these kind of things. Who ever thought that the, the school system in Whitfield County would have to fight the issue of whether a, a girl thinks they're a dog or a cat? Or a boy won't even respond by barking or meowing and asking, requesting for a litter box to be put in a bathroom for them to go. I'm not talking about California, y'all. I'm talking about Whitfield County. I'm talking about Dalton, Georgia. Who ever thought? It's always changing. No way in the world, my sister was five years old, four or five years old, you'd say, Katie, what do you want me when you grow up? She'd say, a dog or a cat, we'd laugh, we thought it's cute. We'd say, hey, well, that's funny, but what do you really want? I want to be a dog or a cat. We'd have never, never, ever, my mama would have never said, well, maybe she's a cat trapped in a girl's body. Maybe we need to get her litter box and start feeding her out of a bowl and, and start meowing to her. No, my mama never thought that. We thought that's an imagination of a little kid. Nowadays, changing all the time. Changing all the time. More open. Sin is more open now than it has ever been. Not only is it open, it is absolutely uh, paraded, and it is praised. I don't know if you've seen all this today, and I'm not trying to just stir up something, but, but the, the Grammys, and if you watch the Grammys, you ought to get right with God. Amen. I thought Grammy was somebody's grandma. Amen? <laughs> but... But but people have posted all about this thing and they basically had a devil Satan worshiping act on stage at the Grammys and you say no no that was just people no 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 CBS called it what it is CBS said we are ready to worship as a man who, who calls himself they and them wonder why he does that. Sounds like Legion, don't you you remember that? (laughs) Amen. (laughs) They or them, because he doesn't know if he's a he or him or whatever. And he dressed up like a devil, and he's a satanic devil worshiper, and he does it on the stage, on the same stage they gave a gospel music crew awards on. God help. Amen. My hind leg, their gospel. Are you listening? We are in an ever-changing society, but we have a never-changing God. Amen? We have a God that is faithful. He is ever-faithful. Malachi 3 and 6, I am the Lord, I change not. They tell me, and I don't even know who this girl is, I've seen her name, but Taylor Swift, a country music, pop music star, has come out and said she's a Christian, but she's that Bible kind of Christian because that Bible is outdated. No, my friend, this Bible is up to date and this Bible is never changing and we've got a God that never changes. He is still God, Amen. Bible said in Lamentations, it is of the Lord's mercies that we are not consumed because his compassion fail not. They are new every morning. Great is Thy faithfulness. Thank God we have a faithful God. While God is always faithful, we are not always faithful. Our dear friend, Brother Wheeler, several years ago wrote that wonderful song I've not always been faithful, but he has. I've not always been graceful, but he has. We are not always, we are not always faithful. I remember the old hymn, Come Thou Fount Every Blessing. There's a line in there that's always bothered me. And I'll tell you why it's bothered me, because it hits where I'm living. Prone to wonder, Lord, I feel it. Prone to leave. The God I love. We are prone. We are prone to wander off. Prone to leave the God that we love. And and, and I don't think it's a lack of love. I think we can leave our first love. We We don't love him right when we want to leave. But we are prone to do it. We are prone to go a different direction. You know what we need to stay faithful? We need the strength of God and we need the spirit of God to help us remain faithful in this Christian life Paul said this in verse 24 we're gonna get back to this verse in just a minute but I want to say that there's something about what he says in verse 24 at the beginning none are the beginning of the verse none of these things move me I shall not be I shall not be moved that is not talking about your seat amen that's not talking about your seat in the church. I shall not be, Paul said, none of this stuff's going to move. I'm just going to remain faithful. By God's grace and by God's strength and by God's spirit, I'm just going to stay where I'm at. I'm going to remain faithful. After he shared with these church leaders in Ephesus that he's going to go to Jerusalem, he don't know what he's going to suffer in Jerusalem, He said, I've got some things that I've decided though. I don't know what's going to hold. I don't know what holds for me. I don't know what's going to happen when I get to Jerusalem. I have no idea what's going to befall me there. But I've made a decision. Look in verse 22. Here's the decision he makes. And now. Behold, I go bound in the Spirit unto Jerusalem, not knowing the things that shall befall me there. Say that the Holy Ghost witnesseth in every city, saying that the the bonds and afflictions abide me. But none of these things move me. Neither neither count I my life, dear, unto myself, so that I might finish my course with joy and the ministry which I received of the Lord Jesus to testify of the gospel of the grace of God. So we're going to look at these three verses here. If we are going to finish our race of faith, well, you know none of us know when our race is going to finish. I, I would expect me to have a lot longer in my race, but, but I just heard this morning at 3 a.m. that a 30-year-old young man went out into eternity. And he never prolonged sickness that they knew about. He had been sitting in the hospital for weeks on end or months on end, had not been visiting doctors and doctors telling him, hey, it's about to happen. No, he went, as far as we understand, yesterday was a regular day, and last night he fought for his life and he went off to turned a 38 year young man. Amen. You don't know when your race is over. But if we're going to finish the race faithfully, we are going to have to make a decision that no suffering, no setback, any of that is going to deter me from being faithful to the Lord. So how did Paul do that? How, how did Paul maintain faithfulness? What kept him moving? What kept him going? What kept, what kept him pressing toward the mark? Even in the midst of persecution. Even in the midst of trouble. And, and then how, how can we could apply that to our lives? Number one, he was bound by compassion, he was bound by compassion. Look at verse number twenty, and how I kept back nothing that was profitable unto you. He said, "I've not kept back anything that was pro- anything that was good for you, anything that would profit you. I kept back nothing. My- I gave you my. all. Oh, he was burdened." He had a Christ-like attitude, didn't he? Jesus in Mark cha- or Matthew chapter 9, he saw those people as sheep with no shepherd. And the Bible says Jesus was moved with compassion. He saw people in a need. He saw people with a great need. And he said, I've got to do something about it. And Paul was the same way. He was moved with compassion. Matter of fact, Acts chapter 18, verse 5, said when he got to Corinth, He saw the unsaved people in Corinth. The Bible used this word in Acts chapter 5 to describe Paul. Paul was pressed in the spirit. It's like a, a grape in the wine press and those big stones pressing that grape to get all the juices and all the oils. That's what Paul, that's the word described there. He's pressed in his spirit for those lost people. He's burdened for those lost people. He's bound with compassion that they would be saved. He's burdened with them. And watch this, that pressing, that burdened, that burden that he carried for those lost people caused him to say something about it caused him to do something about it. He could not be silent when the fate of eternity, uh, these souls uh, uh, that were going to go somewhere for eternity, their fate was at risk if he doesn't say anything. He, He could not be silent when the fate of eternal souls were at stake. Do we care enough to tell people the gospel? Do we care enough to tell people about the Lord? Are we pressed in our spirit, burdened, moved, bound with compassion enough to tell a lost and dying world? They don't have to go to hell. They don't have to be lost. They don't have to keep going the way they're going. There is another way. There is the only way to heaven. There is Jesus Christ. He's the only answer for their sin. Are we burdened enough to tell them the gospel? He was. He was burdened. He was burdened. He was uh, bound by compassion. And watch this. Verse 22 said he's bound in the spirit. I go bound in the spirit. Here, here's what I believe that is. That is that he's got the strong leading of the Holy Ghost. But watch this. The Holy Ghost ain't making him do anything. Y'all remember the t- Maybe not. You study your Bible, you'll find there's times where the Holy Ghost was telling him stop and he didn't. All right? The Holy Ghost ain't going to make you do it, but he's going he's to strong leading of the Holy Ghost mixed with, or, or I could say combined with, a strong desire in Paul's own heart to follow the Lord. Bound in the Spirit. Notice this, he's bound in the Spirit, that's the lowercase uh, spirit there. He's bound in his own spirit to do what the Holy Spirit wants him to do. He is bound. He has got a strong desire in his own heart to do what God. Listen, listen. He wasn't just worked up in an emotional service. He wasn't just worked up in an emotion. It was the work of God in his spirit. You know why I'm not bound to witness like I ought to be. I don't know about you, but I'll tell you why I'm not. Is because I'm not always. Giving the Spirit of God freedom to lead and direct my life. I used to pray without fail almost every time I ever prayed. I would say these things, Lord, lead God and direct. Lead God and direct. Please, God, lead God and direct. And somewhere along the line, I'm not saying it's wrong to pray that, but somewhere along the line it hit me that he is leading, he is guiding, he is directing. I'm just not following And so I I, I thought about it when I prayed it, and as I said it, I felt smote in my spirit to stop praying for him to do something he is doing, but to start praying, God, help me follow your leading, help me follow your direction, help me follow your guiding. No, I'm not bound in the spirit to witness like all to because I don't always allow him to lead, guide, and direct my life. I let my calendar lead God and direct my life a lot of times. I let the the urgence and the important things on my to-do list to lead God and direct my life. I let my own mind, my own thoughts, my own uh, desires to lead God and direct my life. But if the Holy Spirit is leading, guiding, and directing your life, you know what you will have on top of that to-do list? Get the gospel out. Why? Because John 15 tells us what the comforter came to do. You know, the comforter comes to do, he's going to send, the Bible says in John 15, 26, he said, when the comforter is come, whom I will send unto you from the Father, even the Spirit of truth, which proceedeth from the Father, he shall testify of me. That's what he's going to do. He is going to testify of Christ. And so if you're letting the Spirit of God lead God right, he's going to testify of the gospel. Here's what he did. Paul, the Bible says here in verse number uh, 20, I have taught you both publicly and from house to house. He he went bound. He was faithful, but he was fervent in finding opportunities to tell others about the salvation through Christ. Here's what I believe. How many Paul prayed, God, give me divine appointments. Then he went and looked for divine appointments. Huh? I don't know about you, so I, my my nature, I'm just not a conversation. Per- I don't know a lot of stuff to talk about. I'm just just I'm I, and be honest with you. Between that and my gears go, don't have time to stop and talk. We gotta go, gotta go, gotta go, gotta go. But there are times where I have re- I'd went around that corner at, at the store and I looked at someone and I knew I was supposed to talk to them about the gospel. I knew I was supposed to just slow down and give them the gospel, and yet I let my calendar lead gotten direct and I said gotta go gotta go gotta go gotta go and I missed opportunities and I prayed that morning God give me divine appointments God gave them to me I just didn't take them Paul said he was public and he was house to house he went looking for opportunities to get the gospel now watch this though he went out publicly and house to house he wasn't always met with reception right and you're not going to be. We live in a very receptive area of, of even our state. Very seldom do I have anybody be ugly to me about giving them a gospel track. Or, or even the other day, I just saw a young lady was checking me out. And I said, ma'am, has anybody told you that Jesus loves you? And she said, no, they haven't. I said, I want you to know that he loves you enough to die for your sin. He died for you. She said, thank you so much. I don't know either of my, that is, that's the reception around here a lot of times. But I've been other places where I've knocked on a door, and a snarling bulldog in their, in their arms, and, and them got them by the collar, So what are you all? I'm just trying to tell them about Jesus. Get out of here. I've had gunshots. I don't know if they were shooting at me or just to me or whatever, but they would shoot. I've had police pull us over. What are you all doing? Well, we're just knocking on doors telling people about Jesus. Inviting folks to our tent meeting. Yeah, it's real suspicious, y'all running around in a truck getting out of every car. It's the middle of the day, sir. And we're going to their front doors. We're just t- here's the gospel track we're giving out. We're having a tent meeting, the big tent on the fairgrounds It's up. That's our tent. We're having it next week. We're trying. I don't know about all that. Now let's say that's little compared to what Paul faced. <laughs> right? So he wasn't always meant with receptive. Paul a lot of times was rejected. And Paul suffered deep and frequently for just sharing the gospel. But in spite of all that, he was faithful. There was just something inside of Paul. I can't be quiet. I mean, the guards have got him and they're beating him and he just can't stop talking about the gospel. And somebody said, Paul, just hush. You ever been like that with your kid? My wife has. If you'd shut up, Nolan, he'd stop. I'm beating a blue John, just be, and he's, he's fussing, just stop talking, <laughs> I'm sure that somebody's somebody saying, Paul, just be quiet, man, just stop, and they'll stop, just, just let us get out of here, but he just couldn't be silent, I can see Paul, and I gotta tell you again about the gospel, there's something in him, his heart his soul, he was so burdened, moved with compassion, he just wanted them to know about the lovely Lord Jesus. You know what? Paul was genuine. And there's a difference in a genuine witness from Christ than to some religious shyster putting on a show. I'll tell you what the difference is, a heart of compassion. See, he, he, took, he, took, he told the church leaders, and, he, and if he told them this, God recorded this in Scripture, they didn't refute it, so this has got to be true. I kept nothing back. I didn't keep anything back from you that was profitable. Here's what he's saying. I had a passion to get the truth to you, and I didn't hold it back. I gave it to you every way I possibly could. Listen, if we have looked, of course, y'all know, as a church, as a whole, we have looked over and over again at the central mission of this church, church and every real New Testament church is the gospel message and if we are gonna be faithful in that mission over the decades I'm not just looking to be right today God help us to stay right and to keep going right for decades come. if Jesus don't come back I want this church to continue getting the gospel out then we've got to allow the Holy Spirit of God to develop a heart of compassion in us if we've got a heart of compassion, we've got to let the Holy Ghost of God continue to nurture that heart of compassion. He was bound in compassion. Number two, he was bold in tribulation. Bold in tribulation. He said this in verse 20, or verse number 22. Now, behold, I go bound in the Spirit unto Jerusalem, not knowing the things that shall be false. Verse 19, he said this, Serving the Lord with all humility of mind, with many tears and temptations, which befell me by the lying and weight of the Jews. You know, 2 Corinthians verse, chapter 11, verses 24 through 27 is, is just a little synopsis of things that Paul suffered in his ministry. He said this, Of, fi- of the Jews five times received I 40 stripes save one. Thrice, I was beaten with rods. Once, I was stoned. Thrice, I suffered shipwreck. A night and day, I've been in the deep. In journeyings, often in perils of water, in perils of robbers, in perils of mine own countrymen, in perils by the heathen, in perils in the city, in perils in the wilderness, in perils in the sea, in perils among false brethren, in weariness and painfulness, in watchings often, in hunger and thirst, in fasting, in cold and nakedness. Watch this, he said. This, I don't know what's going to happen to me in Jerusalem. I expect something to happen. I expect something bad. And watch this what did happen when he got there? He got arrested. And they imprisoned him and they took him to Rome. That's where he stood trial to Emperor Nero and eventually was beheaded. Paul knew the depths of suffering. And he expected to keep suffering. Yet he was determined, just going to remain faithful. Right I'm just gonna stay faithful now watch this his suffering was not because of poor health choices he made right a lot of my suffering that i i face is because i made some poor choices with my life right a lot of my stuff that i deal with is not because i'm a christian and i'm a super saint it's because i'm a stupid saint amen because i just didn't do right I didn't sleep like I ought to. I didn't eat like I ought to. I didn't exercise like I ought to. I not take care of myself. And I'm suffering. But watch this. So his suffering was not because of that. His suffering was for the gospel's sake. And yet he said, I'm going to remain faithful to the gospel. I'm just going to keep preaching. He expected those trials, he anticipated those trials. He was bold in tribulation. So watch this. And in every trial, he recognized. God was going to be there. Look what he said in verse 20. Verse 22, he said, I don't know what's going to befall me there. But verse 23, say, this is what I do know: that the Holy Ghost witnesseth in every city. He said, I don't know what else is going to happen when I get to Jerusalem, but I know one thing, that the Holy Ghost is going to witness when I get there. The Lord is going to be with me in every city, saying that bonds and afflictions about me. He said, even as I'm facing the suffering now, and even as I'm going to face suffering later, the presence of God is ever with me. That's what he says. Hey, listen to every Christian who's living for God. You are going to endure some form of suffering for your faith. These trials can either shake your faith or they can entrench your faith and entrench your confidence in God. They can shake your faith or they can strengthen your faith. I read a story. About missionaries, Martin and Gracia Burnham. In 2001, they were taken captive by Muslim terrorists and held hostage for over a year. In June of 2002, Martin was shot and killed during a rescue attempt. Gracia was wounded, but she lived and she was freed. Later, she talked about uh, some questions and struggles that she'd had about the Lord's goodness and why she allowed suffering, why God allowed suffering in her life. This is what she said, I'm reading quotes. She said, sometimes I wonder, why did Martin die when everyone was praying he wouldn't? Why does scripture lead you to believe that if you pray in a certain way, you'll get what you pray for? People all over the world were praying that we'd both get out alive, but we didn't. She said this, I used to have this concept of what God is like now, life's supposed to be because of that. But in the jungle, I learned I don't know as much about God as I thought I did. But listen to this. She said, But what I do know is that God is God and I am not. She said, This world is in a mess because of sin, not God. Some awful things may happen to me, but God does what is right. And he makes good out of a bad situation. Your trials can either shake your faith or they can make your faith. They can shake you or they can strengthen you. Hey, listen, you go through trials, you are going to go through times of questioning. But when you take those questions to the Lord, it will deepen your faith. You endure trials by God's grace. It'll help increase your faithfulness. Why? Because as you go through those trials relying on God's faithfulness and God's grace, it's going to make you fully rely on God. And it's going to give you the ability to remain faithful because he has stayed faithful. Paul was bold in tribulation. Here's why. He knew he had a message worth suffering. See, Paul kept his sights not on suffering, but he kept his sights on the finish line. He wanted to finish right. I've told the story many times. And I'm not going to tell it all again about the, the the race that I had in track in the track race that I started out first. I mean, way up in first. I ended way back in the. My team didn't get any points for me starting first. We lost points for me finishing last. It's not how you start. It's how you finish. It's how you finish. Just real quick, and I'm done. I'm not going to give you all this. I'm just going to give you these four things, and we're done. But Tim, if you come play softly. Four things how to finish right. Number one, don't overvalue self. Don't put too much stock in yourself. Number two, I told you I'm gonna run through these. Got so much I can give you on each point. Number two, rely on the Spirit of God. Rely on the Spirit of God. He said this in verse 24. None of these things move me. Neither count I my life dear unto myself, so that I might finish my course with joy of the ministry, which I've received of the Lord. Don't overvalue yourself. Rely upon the Spirit of the Lord value the service of christ whatever it is god's got you doing put value to it do it right do it to all your ability the ministry the lord has given him what he said the ministry which i've received of the lord jesus value what god's called you to do it may be scraping bubble gum off the pew but value what you're doing for the lord it may be running a vacuum cleaner cleaning a toilet Value what God's got. And then lastly, decide to finish with joy. He said this so that I might finish my course with joy. You ever met anybody, a good Christian, who was faithful but grumpy? They may have been dedicated, faithful, but man, their spirit, nobody wants to be around them. But you ever met somebody that was faithful? joyous, full of joy. Even through suffering. Sometimes the people who've gone through the most suffering seem to have the most joy. Don't let Satan rob your joy. Don't grow weary in well, let us not grow weary in well doing. Keep your eyes on the Lord and determine, I'm going to finish my race with joy. The joy of the Lord is your strength, Nehemiah said. Listen, one day we're going to stand before the Lord. And if we want to hear the words, well done, then we've got to learn to not overvalue myself, to rely on the Spirit of God, to value the service of Christ, but to run our race with joy. How are we going to stay faithful? Be bound, bound with compassion. Be bold in tribulation. But be bound, burdened to finish. Be burdened to finish. Finish right. Let's all stand heads bowed, eyes closed. We've been looking for several weeks, couple, several months now about God's church. We've talked about so many aspects of the church. So many aspects as the body of Christ. But without personal faithfulness. All these areas are just ideas. They're truths in God's scripture. But until we apply them to our lives. They will not impact our lives or the church. Without faithfulness. How about it? some in this altar, there's some kids in this altar, there's some adults in this altar, some more coming. Won't you pray? Ask God either to help you be faithful, help you continue to be faithful. Maybe you need to ask him to help you to stop overvaluing you in yourself, or maybe to help you rely on the Lord more, or to value what God's got you doing. Or maybe you need to ask him to help you finish with joy. How about it?